Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles, yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible, then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas, quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. I'm Sean. I'm Lee. And we're going to be diving back into Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 15, and moving on from there. Um, We will be picking back up. Uh, It's been a couple weeks. Um, I've been off and had (laughs) some technical (laughs) difficulties. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much I've been off on sabbatical. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to fix a computer when you're not very smart. It takes a while. You <laughs> <shut your> mouth. <laughs> I love you. Dude, it took me like two days. Two days. I was on the phone with Apple support for like, and I kept saying the same thing to the same person. And they're like, can I put you on hold? I need to go talk to my supervisor. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and look, here you yeah. are now. And here I am now. And the whole time, all it was was an update. <laughs> Man. So much for Apple geniuses, right? Right. <laughs> you shut your hole. <laughs> All right, so where are we? Uh, so we're in chapter 1, verse 15. Um, I can't remember what we talked about last time. So the, uh, the last time we really talked a lot about the Holy Spirit and his work because uh, verse, verse 14 was quite a bit about the Holy Spirit. So there's kind of a clean break between... The, the subject matter of verse 14 and verse 15. Uh, would you like me to read the next couple verses, maybe? Yeah, let's tear it up. Okay. For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. This here That's ends the a reading. <laughs> I need I'll I need to remember it. to say that every time. <laughs> so so we've got we have a kind of a Thanksgiving passage here, and you can hear Paul's uh, pastoral heart talking, because his concern has always been for the churches, and he wants to see them build up in the faith. 
So when he when he hears that they have not only have faith in Christ but they have love for each other, then he's he's thankful. But he's not just telling them he's thankful; he's telling God how thankful he is for them, and that's kind of the the whole cycle of of the faith, where God is working in ourselves and in other people. We see Him working, and we praise Him for what He does, and it just keeps right. going like that. And hit, the praise of Him feeds our sanctification, and uh, we all continue to grow in grace as God blesses us which produces more thankfulness to God, and it just keeps going and going and getting better and better. Boom. I like that. Yeah, I mean, you read here, and, and it's Paul pretty much writing back to his disciples, the people that he has discipled, that he has grown with over the last three and a half years um, that he was in Ephesus. Um so he had a, a great bond with these people. And I think that's what we fail to recognize in Ephesians. Ephesians, he spent most of his time in Ephesus. So he is deeply connected with the people of the church in Ephesus. So he is constantly in prayer, lifting them up, exhorting, you know, just constantly thinking about them. And that's what a shepherd should be doing, continually thinking about his flock. Um, like pastors today, pastors today shouldn't be worried more about numbers. They should be worried about the, the hearts and minds of the people inside the church. Right. Um, are they doing what they should be doing? Are they preaching the gospel? Do they know the gospel? You know, they need to know the hearts and minds of their their sheep that are in their fold. And I think this is Paul pretty much showing an outward sense of affection and empathy to these to these men and women um, in Ephesus that a lot of pastors today we don't see a lot of anymore. Um, Paul was Paul states that um where where does he say uh You talk about him praying that the uh, eyes of their hearts will be enlightened in the next next yeah, that's verse eighteen. Verses where he says, mm. continually hoping the hoping the best for them. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, there it is. Yes, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know the hope that of his calling. What are the riches of his glory and inheritance in the saints? And th- this is this is what every pastor should be preaching to his people, the congregation. This is what elders should be preaching to the to their congregation, what deacons, you know, the the men and women of the church, the laymen, they should be preaching the same message to each other. Well, and that's and what you're saying there, that's not a message that say the mega church types preach. Because um, I think it's even, and I know people get annoyed that we talk about him, but uh, I remember there was a a clip from the early days of Stephen Furtick, basically where he was saying that we're we're here at Elevation Church for people to get saved. And once you're saved, this church isn't for you anymore. You're in the army now. And and that's a a close approximation of what he said. But he's like, basically, this church isn't for you once you're saved. But the whole point of the church is for the people that are saved, because right. it's to build them up as well. It's not really 
church, you know, the, the average Lord's Day worship service isn't geared toward people who don't believe. Yes, they're welcome to come, but the, the, the point of our worship is to build up and encourage the hearts of people who have already trusted in Christ. Now, there should be enough gospel presentation in our services that even a lost person who comes to visit will hear the gospel and, uh, by God's grace, repent and believe. But, you know, we're preaching the gospel at church to remind saved people of what God has done because we so easily forget. Right. It's so many, so many times men and women in the church, they put their cars in park and they think that, oh, well, my salvation is good right here. I think I'm, I'm at a point where I can just put the car in park and not move any further. And they get comfortable in their position and then their life gets hit by a wave and all of a sudden they feel like, okay, God, what happened? Well, you, you put the car in park. You, you got out. Yep. You weren't interested anymore. Yeah, you, you lost interest. You weren't seeking. You weren't seeking him. You you stopped. You thought you've reached your your pinnacle of okay, this is all I need to know, and boom, you just hit the wall. Yeah, and another thing about uh, churches, the big mega churches and uh, stuff like that is when when they teach the way they teach, like what you guys are talking about there's not a focus on like repentance daily repentance the you know the struggle we have every day with sanctification and how hard it is they they don't focus on that at all it's it seems like once you're converted and you you come to faith in Christ that's it and it's not it's over with it's 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 an ongoing thing until you die exactly and uh and, and hey man and as 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 pastors and your elders of your church they should be walking side by side with you through your transformation and and, and on your ongoing journey through your salvation right and then when when you stumble and you fall and you mess up they need to be there not to scold you, but to point you back to Christ and what He's done for yes, you. Yes, that's and that's what we're to do as Christians. We're to restore those who have fallen away, and I think we forget that and we go straight to persecuting um, individuals if they mess up, they make a mistake. Yeah, um, which you know. Right, and I'm guilty just as much as anybody else. But I mean, what we need to be doing, we need to look at for such were some of you, and think how can I how can I help this person? How can I get him back on the right path to where he's no longer struggling? How can I show him Christ and still be his friend without? totally breaking them down, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's great examples in Scripture of how that's done. You know, Paul doesn't spend the entire book of Galatians uh, destroying the Galatians for for what they've done. You know, yes, he comes in pretty strongly uh, against their, uh, their willingness to turn their back on the gospel, but then not that 
not that far into the book, he starts uh, going into positive um, teachings about sonship and uh, being heirs of Abraham, and and he begins teaching. So he doesn't spend the entire time uh, knocking them down and telling them that they're not believers anymore. Yes, there are some people right. that he admonishes pretty strongly, but even in the midst of his um, correction on them and his his warning and exhortation, he's still teaching them positively about God's word and what he's said and what they're to do. And, and really, there's a lot of grace in Galatians, too. And I think that that's something we, we can put to use uh, in, our, in our day-to-day lives also. You know, we're, we're all bound to fail at some point because we're, we're human and we're redeemed now, but we're not home yet. So we have lots of opportunities to, to fall short of the glory of God. But there, as always, is grace to be found for any of us when we have uh, times of failure and sin. Exactly. Boom. I, I like that. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, you are welcome. <laughs> um, I, I also like um, where Paul in verse 16, he says, Do not cease in giving thanks for you. Um, do, not, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. I just, I just like that he is constantly, he's always thankful in thought. Yeah. He's always thankful for him, you know, and he's always giving thanks for just having them a part of his life and just being a blessing in, in his midst of his journey through his trials and tribulation. I mean, it's all part of his walk until he is finally killed, um, that he is just, well, and exhorted by just being around these people. That so. verse reminds me of uh, him saying to pray without ceasing also. Yeah. Because he's, he's living that. that out. Yeah, exactly. What and, were you, what were you going to say about it, Sean? Sorry, I think I cut you uh, off. I was just going to say it reminds me of... I was going to bring up that exact same verse. Yeah. Well, and you know when we think about praying without ceasing, I think for a lot of us, our default is going to be, okay... Who are we praying for? What are we praying for? And because I think that's kind of our default, uh, especially in Christianity in our day. You know, prayer is only petition uh, for so many people, including myself, for a long, long time. Yeah. But but the kind of prayer that's going on here has nothing to nothing to do with that, really. I mean, I guess he he's kind of praying for these people, but really he's praying about them, like he's telling God about them and how how happy he is to be in the elect with them. And I think right. that's a really refreshing way to think about prayer. Yeah. Wh- prayer should be not so much what I need as much as it should be think uh, prayers of Thanksgiving because, right. I mean, we have all we need in Christ and uh, a lot of people don't, they know that, but they don't quite recognize it the way they should. Mm-hmm. I always open prayer with thanksgiving. Yeah, me too. You know, praying the Psalms really helps with that. Yeah, I try to dwell on that more than more than anything else. I don't want to be... We're all needy, but you know what I mean. I don't want to be needy. But 
So I try but to you're, open... you're needier than I am. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that. But I, I always try to focus on thanking God for what I have. Yeah, but I, I sometimes when I pray, I feel like I'm re- repetitive. And, you know, yeah. it's like you, you get in a routine and you're like, man, do I really oh. mean when I say... Thank you, God. Yeah. Dude, do I have the book for you? Dude, no. Lee, I was going to mention it. Do it. Say it. Say okay, it before so I do. Okay, so Scott, I'm going to give you this book. You have to read it, okay? It's, no. It's called you, Praying... You read the, it in like an hour. Yeah, I read it in like an hour and a half. It's it's called Praying the Bible. And... It, By Don Whitney, a fellow fountain pen enthusiast. It's it's a super oh, really? super easy book to read and it, it teaches you how to like pray especially it focuses on the Psalms but um, any any part of Scripture it teaches you how to read it and pray through this pray through so you don't fall into that rut. It's so good, dude. I fall into that rut. Yeah, he he, like, he yeah, I, and I do book, too. He says he, he's like you know I know a lot of a lot of Christians get get tired of in their prayer life of saying saying praying about the same old things with the same old words and the problem isn't isn't praying about the same old things because a lot of those things don't change you know we're praying for our families we're praying for our jobs we're praying for our churches all this kind of stuff but it's the same old words that make our prayers not only boring but also not feel fulfilling or that they're not they're just kind of floating above your head and not going any further and right. using using the Bible to to freshen up your prayer vocabulary is a really good idea. It, it's I found it really really helpful. Yeah, it's a really it's actually helpful. a really good book. It's super easy to read, and ah, I'm gonna link it in the show notes. And I'm going to give it to you for. Oh, no, you're not at work Friday. I'll give it to you Monday at work or Sunday at church. I'll give it to you Sunday at church. Glory. Are you off tomorrow? Yeah, I'm off the next two days. Why? I'm going musical to con- endeavors. I'm going to a concert tomorrow. Going? What concert? I don't know if I should say it on here. I don't know. He's he's gonna, gonna he's gonna go visit the guys. Who, You're who such do- a tool. <laughs> I'm going to he's a tool g- concert in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gonna visit the the guys who host the For You podcast on 1517, and they're all gonna go bang <laughs> their heads at a concert. Yeah. But no, I'm going. I'm going yeah. to a concert tomorrow night, so I didn't want to get up early for work on Thursday, so I took Thursday off as well. Smart well, move. Cool. Smart move. Smart man. Okay. Smart so man. W- one other note about prayer, and this is this is now moving into verse 17, um, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and in the knowledge of Him. So there's his petition for him. So he's praised God for the Ephesian people, uh, and now this is his petition, but it's not, you know, oh, you know, uh, give them the food they need, keep them safe, put a hedge of protection around them, or, or whatever. Their their greatest need is for Christ, and to know Christ yeah. more. He So he's praying for their deepest need, which really is every person's need, that the eyes of their heart may be enlightened, so that they'll know the hope uh, of his calling which are the riches of his glory and inheritance. And it's, impo- it's important as well to understand that 
this wisdom and revelation and, and your eyes, the eyes of your heart being enlightened comes through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that happens on your own. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And I, th- I thought it only happened when you stepped on Paula White's holy ground at, at the U.S. <laughs> Capitol. Yeah. yeah, apparently the White House is holy ground now. Well, I mean, it's it's got her name on it. It's her house. And if it's her house, it's God's house. You know, God's thoughts are her thoughts. <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Uh, okay. I, I haven't been God so visibly angry. In the White House. When I, <laughs> when, I, when I saw those videos of her talking about the stuff with the White House, I haven't been more visibly angry about something Christianity-related since the unhitched controversy. Yeah. I was so angry, so angry. I like her less than Beth Moore. Oh, for sure. I, I, I yeah. think Beth Moore is actually a Christian. There is no way that Paula White is a Christian. I, I, I have no way. I have no way of, of, of seeing her as anything but somebody who's taking on the label for her own enrichment. Right. Now, I want to bring up something in verse 17. The spirit of wisdom and revelation so does that mean that you receive new revelations from from the spirit and you're able to tell those in addition to scripture not part of scripture but in addition to scripture you are such a troll <laughs> I was just wondering cause... <laughs> Um, I'm more than willing to, to talk about that unless Scott has something he wants to say. Because I feel... I'm looking, up a, I'm looking up a scripture. I, I, okay. I feel like people would use this verse for that reason. They have. Yeah, they have. Um, yeah, I've this, never this, been part of such a Christian tradition yeah, that, that... You have, Sean. No, no, I haven't. Yeah, but, the Pope, man. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm not... No, I'm so, talking... Like charismatic stuff. Yeah. Well, and people have used it for that if they're biblically literate enough to try to twist this passage. But it's it's totally about uh, the, that the Spirit would continually help them to understand God's Word as it's given in the Scriptures. So a, a cross-reference for this would be 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 12, where, where, and I have a, I have, I've turned to it here. Um, among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not be cruci- they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Um, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person who's in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We've not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. So it's all... This this isn't about revelation, you know. This isn't about, like, future future dreams or God speaking to you. Yeah, this isn't prophecy. No, this is, Paul wanted the Ephesian believers to understand what the great spiritual resources were theirs in Christ. Um, The revelation refers to the insight and the discernment of the Spirit 
springs to the mystery of the divine truth. Paul wanted his readers to have a spirit of wisdom so that they might get to know God more completely. God has given believers the wisdom, as we saw in verses 8 and 9 um, up uh, above, but Paul prayed for the church not only to understand but to experience these blessings. So, Well, and you know, uh, you know, to a certain degree, I've experienced this, especially in my um, earlier days in the faith, in reading, you speak in tongues. In reading, no, no, I did not. Thank you. <clears throat> um, uh, reading scripture, you know, when the Spirit points something out to you as you read it and you're studying, or there's a verse that sticks in your mind, um, it is it is sort of a revelation to you because God, through the Holy Spirit, yeah, the Holy Spirit is actively applying that word from the scriptures to your heart. I know for me, like as a quizzer, when we were quizzing in Acts, and um, God says to uh, to Saul um, after the road to Damascus, you know, why do you kick against the goads? That stuck in my head so much because at that time I was a pretty, I wouldn't say staunch Arminian, but just like a you know default Arminian. And I'm like, what do you, what would he be? Wouldn't me kick against the goads? He has the freedom to to say yes or no to God as he as he pleases, and then that verse would come back to me later as I was beginning to look into Calvinism and I'm like, oh, that's what's going on. So it, I, it it's that kind of a thing. That's just one puny little example, but I think that's that's the Spirit revealing something through the Word that I needed to know at that point that would be useful to me later. Right. That's an anecdote. But you know, well, you guys have anything else to add? I don't. I I just not, think not, not on that. I was just gonna say uh, it's it's quite obvious when an unbeliever versus someone indwelt with the Holy Spirit reads Scripture, how they interpret it and how they see it and view it and understand it, and uh, a, a lot of a lot of unbelievers will study the Bible you know, as a historical text or just on a factual mm. basis, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no spiritual, uh, level to it. But at when a believer reads it, the spirit causes them to gain a deeper wisdom and a deeper knowledge and a de- very deep understanding and, it's not a one and done thing. It's a, it's a lifetime of studying it, but you, you come to an understanding of it that unbelievers don't. And it's, it's quite obvious when you talk to someone that studies scripture and is a believer. Well, once again, it's, it's sort of he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I was going to say the the Isaiah text. um, Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Is that 6, Isaiah 6? Did I make that up? I I think so. After the 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 seeing God on the throne. Um verse 9, he said, "Go tell this people, keep on listening but do not perceive, keep on looking but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull and their eyes dim, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and return and be healed." Right. So, you know, you you could read the Bible as an unredeemed person and, and develop as many hot takes as you want to develop, 
but they're not they're not proceeding from the spirit of God. They're proceeding from the spirit of the man reading, and so he's he's going to um, corrupt it with his own ideas. I mean, you can hear this on display even among um, non Christian religious people. Like if you listen to um, listen to an Orthodox Jewish person um, try to exegete uh, a Psalm, for instance, it's yeah. it's preposterous. <clears throat> or and, you know, Orthodox Judaism I've, doesn't even really believe in a in a literal Adam and Eve. They really don't believe there's a literal person in Genesis from the beginning until Abraham. Abraham's the first real flesh and blood person in the Bible in their minds. So, so they don't see the serpent as nope. Like an they, actual, I mean, they don't even actual some, being. Right, uh, right. Um, Adam and Eve, the serpent, even the flood. Um, I mean, there's some debate about that. Uh, I I don't claim to be any sort of um, whiz on uh, Orthodox Judaism, but it, it's pretty when it comes to exegesis on the liberal side. And so th- there's debate about whether even the the Noah's flood was a real flood. Oh, it may wow. not have been. The Tower of Babel um, isn't really about uh, people shaking their fist at God. It's about <laughs> putting the community before God. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I just recently heard somebody commenting on that, uh, an Orthodox Jewish uh, teacher. And uh, I'm like, oh, really? The Putting the community before God? Yeah. I was on YouTube. Not, what it's about. I was on YouTube a while back and uh, watched a Orthodox Jewish rabbi exegete Isaiah 53. And it was, in my opinion, a mess. But, and you know, it would be the same as if, um, let's say you had a Mormon exegeting Isaiah 53, uh, who believes in multiple gods, um, or, or a, um, a Jehovah's Witness. You know, it's all the same thing, just coming from a different human tradition. It's yeah. not proceeding from the Holy Spirit, and so it's going to it's going to fail, and it's not going to fit. Only the Holy Spirit can help us read the Bible correctly, because obviously, like I said before, it, He makes the eyes of our hearts enlightened, yeah, and and able to see and read the truth of God and understand it. And that's for God's people, right? Right. So repent and believe, people. It's, right. it's not rocket surgery. The gospel and the kingdom of God is at hand. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Time's a waste. But it, so, get on so in I here. Really wanna, I want to. I want to say verses nineteen through the end of chapter one for next time because I I think that really is a main yeah. centerpiece to focus on. Um. So, where can they find us? Anyway, you can go to our website, guyswithbibles.com, uh, check out our blogs, and uh, we post every Tuesday and Thursday, God willing. And you can also listen to our podcast feed on there, or jump over to iTunes and search for Guys With Bibles, and subscribe and leave us a five-star review if, if you can. Social on the social media side, you can search Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search Guys with Bibles and join up and check us out there. 
And you can also email us directly at guyswbibles at gmail.com. Boom. And we're Guys with Bibles, and we're out. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen! Ugh.